The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sport, science, and more. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. As always, we want to say thank you to everyone out there listening and all of our sponsors and supporters. Tons of things coming up, so please keep an eye out on our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Wanted to give a special shout out to the Florida Panthers and everyone involved for hosting an amazing event last week in Sunrise, Florida. We're really looking forward to next year. Music today was provided by the amazing photosynthesizers from Richmond, Virginia. You need to check them out. Uh, We can't say enough about today's guest and couldn't be more excited to have him on the podcast. Percy King, artist, former safety for the Ohio State Buckeyes and Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to be talking about life from his football career to his current trajectory in the art world. His work is featured in our traveling exhibit and was recently just purchased, I think, five pieces by the Columbus Museum of Art. Uh, Be sure to check him out on Instagram. His tag is artist Percy King. And Buckeye Nation, buy his work, support your Buckeye artist. And with that, talk to Percy King. Well, we're welcoming Percy King, the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Yes, sir. Here we are in the middle of Nashville. Um, so, I'm not really sure where to start with this, but <laughs> we're both Buckeyes. Maybe that's the best place to start. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, I don't want to start immediately on talking about art, but like, you know, like we met, what, about two and a half years ago at this point at your first exhibition. At my first exhibition in a hair salon yeah. <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And that, I mean, but that, like, to me, that's the cool part is this idea of, Going there, and then literally a year and a half later, you have artwork in the Columbus Museum. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far. You know, I can't say enough about the path that I've taken to get here. Um, You know, not your normal path. You know, obviously, I don't have an art background whatsoever, (laughs) other than, uh, you know, just being self-taught and um, just having a passion to create. And that's kind of developed in what it is today. And, but I think that's, you know, like, I know we've kind of talked about this, that I personally appreciate the non-direct or the, the typical art path. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I, I mean, I think both you and I did or were creative growing up, mm-hmm. but it was almost, uh, I don't want to say there was this. Well, there was a there was a stigma, like you, because because both of us were athletes. And I think this happens to a lot of people. Both of us are athletes. It's like you don't want to go. Oh well, I also create, but that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm an artist. Yeah, <laughs> and because it took me personally until I was what thirty something to go actually go back to school for art. Wow, which. You know, I never even considered. I mean, if I would have known that idea to go to art school when I came out of high school, I would have probably done it. But it's like it's almost like it was not even a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty yeah. on all this stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, for me, 
um, the path that I've taken, even to even work with the medium that I work in, you know, as, as you know, I do woodwork. Yeah. Or for those of you who don't know, I do woodwork. Uh, I create 3D portraits. Um, and mostly. that's an interesting story of how you even got to that point. Yeah, yeah. So I, I always tell people, you know, if you have a passion for something, you know, God put that passion in you for a reason, which yeah. you may not understand or may even can fathom yet. You know, if 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 I'd have been called to be an artist, if God had revealed it to me that I would be an artist when I was 18 or 19, <laughs> you know, I'd probably be drawn and painting just like everybody else. Yep. Um, but unfortunately for me, my career path went different. You know, I, after a uh, career in sports, you know, I started, you know, working in the pharmaceutical industry as a sales rep and just did carpentry as a hobby. And that hobby you know, the more and more I did it, the the more and more it became a passion for me. So that passion to create was there. And the niche for woodworking was just the outlet that I used to fulfill that creative passion. And, you know, just 18, 19 years later, <laughs> here I am, a, a full-fledged artist, full-time artist. So It's a wild journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I, I think that that's... Being an art, I mean, and I think we talked a little bit about this before. Is like being an artist is not easy. Like people think that it's that that people that don't do it, which I, you know, I'm a proponent that everybody should do this. Mm -hmm. But people that don't do it for a living actually think it's I don't say easy, but just think it's all kind of about playing around and it's just for fun. And it's like I, I mean, I think both of us think it's like a really serious journey yeah um and and like again like i think to me the what's so cool about a a your work is like visually like this stunning thing like it's a showstopper like for lack of a better way to say it, it is <laughs> oh, thank you. and but like the the idea of how you got like you know you started out doing carpentry and like how you started thinking about what you wanted to do as a, you know, through your carpentry skills and then mm -hmm. how it kind of like came out and then came to this space. And I just think it's fascinating to, to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I'm tweaking the uh, buttons there. Right. Um, to get to that point and like, and to, again, to go from showing in that salon two years ago to like having work in a museum and, and not just one work, five pieces. Yeah. And, and the cool part, like you said that, that, you know, you have the, the red man piece. Mm -hmm. So like the first hip hop artist work or artwork in an, in a museum. Right. And right. Yeah. It, it's been an extraordinary ride so far. You know, I, I think the one thing for me again, um, I always, I always liken it to a higher path that I'm kind of on a higher path, the yeah. path that God set for me, something that I would never have envisioned because really what it boiled down to is everything that I've done up to this point has prepared me for this point without me even realizing it. So once I got into art um, and, and the person who even kind of launched my art career, um, she was just a family friend. Right. You know, I knew she worked <laughs> at Ohio State. And I knew she worked in art. And I had known her for like five years. Our sons right. played basketball and football together. And I never even considered, you know, being an artist or anything like that. But when I started doing it, she was the first person that I showed my work to. And she said, Percy, you know, you kind of got something here. <laughs> she said, I've never seen it. And then she told me she was the director of the Barnett Center. 
um, one of the art colleges, one of the art departments at Ohio State, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, like, Sean, you know, I'm making this in the garage, right? <laughs> you know, and um, but it was just it was just those kind of kinds of things that kept pushing me forward and forward and forward. And basically what I ended up doing again, um, you know, spending my career, my work, my professional career as a sales rep, you know, it prepared me to talk to people. It got yep. me out of my comfort zone. You yep. know, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm really an introvert. You know, I, well, so I'm, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I always say I'm an extroverted introvert, which, <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes I can be, you know, but, you know, like last night, we both are very comfortable stepping up and f- mm-hmm. at least f- appears to be like comfortable. Yeah. And like stepping out in front of, you know, student athletes, I don't, you know, 300 student athletes yeah. or however many are in that room mm-hmm. and, and talking because, I, you know, and you go back, to, you use the word passion a lot. And I think it's because there is like this passion and kind of this, I don't want to say this want to inspire people, but give them permission Mm-hmm. to be an artist because mm-hmm. i think that's the that's the thing when you know when you do come and i think it's changing but when you come from this athletic kind of machismo world where it's like you don't even want to say uh, you know like richard said that last night he's like i didn't even want to say that i was an artist because i just didn't think people would understand right and it's to me that's when it becomes really cool is like when we're, we're standing in front of people like, yeah, I, you know, used to play football like, and, yeah. and like at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now I make these things. And when people see the work, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and I, that, that to me is like where the inspiration and in the, in the idea of changing people's perceptions, you know, it's like, Le, you know, LeBron James, that more than an athlete thing is because that's, yeah. we are more, everybody's more than what they are, but like most people don't get to express it mm-hmm. or they choose not to express it right right yeah it's one of those things where um you know you 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 said give them permission to do it yeah you definitely it definitely opens doors once they see somebody doing it and that's and that's part of a lot of the process in anybody's life is to see someone that's doing something different you know different from the norm different from the usual and what it does it actually makes it real to you because i always liken it to you know playing in the nfl or getting to the nfl you know, you see these things on TV, just like you see artwork in magazines and museums and things like that. And you think that it's larger than life. Yep. You know, and it's and it's not till you actually get to the to the Vincent Van Gogh Museum and you see that his self-portrait is only like 18 inches by yep. 18 inches. But this thing has been all over the world. And you're like, I could really do that. Like, yep. this is a tangible, you know, that tangible piece of history that I can see. And it feels like something you can do because you actually realize somebody do it just like the NFL. You know, you see them on TV and you get there and you're like, this is still just a game. It's still football. It's yep. still it's still football. You know, like I, I just saw a documentary recently or a story recently. They were talking about Odell Beckham and his one handed catch yep. and how the way he caught that ball was so unheard of at the time. You know, there's a lot of one-handed catches and, you know, I, I blame, Chris these, was the best I blame these new gloves for one thing, for <laughs> yeah. it. but we didn't have those gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Up. We had leather Newman's, you know, I used to stick them. Yeah. <laughs> sprayed on my hand to throw yeah. that ball. But, but now, you know, that catch isn't out of the ordinary anymore. Yeah. You know, you, you see that every single weekend. And what it took was for somebody like Odell Beckham to make that catch and have it seen and have it go viral and all over the world for all the kids to see it. Yep. Now they're emulating yep. it. Now they're practicing Well, it's like Steph that. Curry. Yeah. It's like With Steph Curry complete, completely changed how basketball is played. You know, they're, 
they're like you know he's it, I heard somebody say it the other day that it's like he's completely gotten rid of the center like yeah. the back to the basket basketball right. <laughs> and you know you never know like I mean that stuff always goes in cycles it's mm-hmm. like you know running backs have kind of like gone out of favor in, in pro football but yet right. you know Ezekiel Elliott's kind of a pretty important part right. of the the Cowboys offense so right. I, you know these things always like kind of go through cycles and stuff so I don't know so I mean like what like how I know you know we've talked about this but like that end of your football career like you knew because a lot of athletes I think I mean I remember when I like quit playing baseball mm-hmm. how it's kind of tough mm-hmm. you know and I didn't get to, you know I had the opportunity to get to the high le- level but I went to college first and then I kind of got stuck because I quit and I couldn't do that extra thing and I was done mm-hmm. and it's like so how did you know like that feel to you and then how long did that transfer take place where you started doing the carpentry like again like I know we've talked that you've all you were always creative but like that that time period that it's like, oh, I'm actually an artist. And, yeah. Um, well, I guess, you know, take it all the way back through, you know, through my football career. Um, and most athletes will tell you, especially the guys that I've talked to, the moment you're done playing ball, that is the scariest moment yeah. of your life. Because now what you've been doing since you were, you know, in some cases, eight, nine years old, even six years old, something you've been doing your entire life is not there anymore. That structure is not there anymore. Um, and for a long time, that creative outlet for people is channeled into sports. Yep. So they don't know anything else. So you, you see a lot of people kind of searching for the fame, I guess you could say, because at one point I wanted to be a politician. <laughs> so I thought I was going to do that. You know, still but, have time. Yeah, <laughs> but it. Um, I I really started. Uh, you know, I I just kind of settled down. You know, got my first job. I was at Worthington Industries, and you know, I was married already. I already had my son. He was a newborn, and I finally decided, okay, this is this is what I'm going to be doing now. You know, I'm going to go into a career as a sales rep, and that was it. Uh, but really what got me started in the woodwork was the fact that I bought my first house also when I was 23 and, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a shanty town. It wasn't a shanty house, or anything. <laughs> but you know, I, I always knew that there was a certain way I wanted my house to look, right. but I also knew I couldn't afford to pay anybody to right. do it, you know? So I, I kind of always had this philosophy. So it was out of a need of, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is something my dad used to say is I don't pay the man for anything I can do myself. <laughs> And, you know, he, he had a lot of bad projects, but <laughs> but it, what it did is it kind of showed me that you can do it yourself, yep. especially if you get the right tools, which he never did. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just started from there. You know, I was, you know, rebuilding the mantles on fireplaces, you know, laying down wood floors and laying tiles and, you know, just things like that. And what I would do is every time I started a project or had a project to do my philosophy was if i buy the tools i'll always have them i'll do the project myself if i mess it up i can do it over again exactly and there was a lot of doing it over again <laughs> that's a, like that's a perfect analogy for an artist it's like 
there's never a mistake. Yeah. You just move, like you can <laughs> you always learn. do it again. Or like, you know, as a painter, it's like you just wipe the paint off or paint over it. Exactly. So. Exactly. So eventually that just, that just became what I like to do. And like I said, you know, my personality style being an introvert, it just kind of fit, it, you know, it fit that I could, you know, it didn't bother me that I was sitting in a garage. <laughs> You know, yep. by myself for an entire weekend, every chance that I got, you know, and I would say true artist. It became it became my hobby. You know, some people golf, some people fish. I did woodwork. Yep. And eventually, like anything else, you're going to get good at it. You do it long enough. You're going to get good at it eventually. And that's, again, another relationship to sports and art It's like yeah. practice. Yeah, like that just practice yep. over and over and over yep. again. And I finally got to the point where, you know. I was done, I, you know, house projects didn't excite me anymore. Like, I'm still doing house projects, and, you know, I kind of, I knocked those out. And you just moved, so you have a new, yeah, a new just, project. <laughs> yeah, just got a new project right now, so it's kind of hindering my art career at this point. <laughs> 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 Until I get that honey-do li- honey list done. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I just kind of got to the point where that didn't excite me anymore. So the more... The better, the, the better I got at it, the more I realized there were other things attainable as far as the woodworking goes. And so I started creating furniture. So I was, I built my daughter's bed, uh, which was really nice castle. First it was a playhouse and then we moved and I turned it into her bed and I built tables for friends and tables, you know, coffee tables, dining room, all doing it in your, in your garage, just all doing it in your, in the garage, you know, like most, like most woodworkers, they're all in their garage doing this stuff. And, um, you know, and it's amazing what some of these guys are doing out there and with furniture. And that was inspiring to me to see what could be done and kind of open my eyes as to what could be done. So I just started going down that path and had this epiphany that, you know, as far as when it came to furniture, there was nothing uniquely black American style furniture. You know, I think that's fascinating to me, like when you've said that multiple times that idea of like what is in in that realm like right. and like to actually start looking at that and that's I, I mean i think that that's fascinating and it's like it's amazing to to actually like own that right and, and, and to go down that path I, yeah yeah and you know it's still and and what i mean by that for for people out there listening what i mean by that is if you look at traditional furniture or styles of furniture, whether it's contemporary, modern, or classic, or Victorian, you can look and you can tell pretty much where that furniture comes from. Like, I, right. can, I can look at floral patterns, for instance, Victorian-style floral patterns, and I can tell you whether that's from France or England. Right. You know, or, or you know, if, even if you look at Egyptian furniture, you know, they have, you know, the wheat. Um, right. You know, the wheat stalks ingrained <laughs> in their furniture. And if you look at, you know, African furniture, I do, do a lot of historical research, you know, on Ancestry.com, things like that. And my ancestry comes from Ghana, the Ivory Coast. And if you look at their furniture, their furniture is deeply in, ingrained in what they see around them. So, you know, even even spiritually. So their furniture, like, for instance, the chair is not just a chair. It's it's a functional piece and it's a spiritual piece because it'll be used in ceremonies or it'll have ceremonial carvings on it. Yep. And, you know, I got to look and I got to thinking and I'm like, you know, there's nothing that really represents, you know, black America. Yep. You know, me as an African-American, like I can't 
look at my house and say right. a black person lives here. Yep. You know, and then the other thing you couldn't say is a black person made this furniture. Yep. You know, there's there's plenty of black carpenters out there and there's plenty of black furniture makers, but it's not distinctive. It's not distinctively right. black right. and an and American black. So, you know, I started going down that road and you, and you know, told didn't you tell me you made a table with like the kind of like instigated your work with one of the hip hop artists on it, or you at least conceiving that idea? I was Maybe conceiving the, that okay. idea with a TV armoire. Right. So it's it's an armoire that I still have. I bought this armoire, you know, eighteen years ago, and it was for two, you know, back when tube televisions were big, and it was like, you know, the armoires back in the day for you young people. Armoires back in the day were huge. You know, tube televisions were huge and you know super heavy. So when we bought our house, we bought this armoire, and lo and behold, it was like the next month, plasma TVs and, and LCDs <laughs> exactly. just started dropping in price, you know, and like tube TVs were obsolete overnight. And, you know, at the time, like and everybody here you are stuck with yeah, it. everybody was getting rid of their armoire, so you couldn't sell it, you couldn't give it away. It was too heavy to try to lug around and you know throw it out to the curb, but it was really nice. So. Um, you know, me being looking for creative outlets, I'm always searching Pinterest all the time <laughs> for different ideas. And I actually saw somebody um, transform their old TV armoire into a bar, yeah. you know, for drinks. Mm -hmm. So I, I did that. And then I was kicking around this idea of what black furniture is. And I looked at that, at that armoire and I said, you know, as I'm thinking about, you know, what what is black furniture you know <laughs> um, I think that's even like, mean? To me, like what what that's is that you know badass. and so yeah i just started down that road and i was going to incorporate a picture of bob marley as yep. an inlay into cabinet doors because i can make cabinet doors yeah. and all that kind of stuff and i just started going down that process and just using everything that i've ever learned as far as making furniture and rebuilding rebuilding rooms and houses and things and every technique involved in that is something that transformed over into the art world. And at that point, I didn't even think of it as art as I was doing it. It wasn't until I got halfway through that I said, you know, one, for one, this is a lot of work to put into an armor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but two, this would look better on a wall. And yeah. at that point, I was at the halfway That's point. That's when the, the, the light switch. Yeah, the light switch went off, and I just framed it and and kept going from there and, you know, it, it's kind of evolved into what you see today. Our magical Dr. Sifu just texted me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to tell him we're doing a little. Tell him little what's up. I, I will actually do that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, to me, like, your story is like, A, it's like amazing to me. Um, again, just from how you got to where you got to. But it's just like, it's. Like it's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I think that, you know, I know we talk about that a lot and how, you know, as with the abstract athlete and who we work with and how you can actually physically see like people glowing. I mean, like for lack of a better way to say it, but mm -hmm. when, you know, like even thinking about the, the exhibition last year in, in, in Florida at the Panthers game, well, I mean, mm -hmm. even 1708 mm -hmm. and how, people respond to you like i know you said you're an introvert but you're like you're you know and maybe the the, the uh <laughs> the salesperson but you're like very charismatic but uh, what i think is like really great is like you're just real 
you know and i think that i mean i do like i think that there's something actually really nice about that because a lot of times artists and this is no disrespect to artists but there's like Mm -hmm. kind of a fakeness about like what they're doing and like in yours Mm -hmm. is like just this honest approach to I'm interested in this. I'm doing it. Like, go ahead and try to stop me. You know, it's like, I mean, it's like the athlete mode of like, you know, this is what I'm doing now. And right. Like, so. It's definitely that um, that confidence that comes from sports. You know, you know, I I always have a hard time, especially with you know people around me like motivating people because I just I don't understand not being confident in yourself, you know, yeah. regardless of what it is, you know, I've, you know, I've fallen on my face many a times, but it were, they were always opportunities to learn, you know, like we talked about earlier, yeah, there were yeah. always opportunities to learn. And I'd always look and see where I can get better, where I can do better. But that confidence is just something that, you know, is something that comes natural to me in the sense that, you know, I've, I believe in myself. Yep. I, I don't think there's anything I can't do. Yep. <laughs> no, and I think that that's actually, uh, that's a really interesting space. To, and I, like, I do, I wonder about that because I think a lot of artists are, well, I, maybe that's wrong. I mean, like, there's insecurity, mm-hmm. like, everywhere. Like, and I don't think that, I mean, I think that's a human condition, but I think artists are, I mean, actually, Richard, Sullivan and I talked about this, like that vulnerability, mm-hmm. but like athletes in particular, like I think there is kind of a confidence when mm-hmm. you like, when you like, and maybe it's like, maybe it's fake. Maybe like, it's not a real, but like, I always mm-hmm. felt like when I was playing sports, it was like, I'm, I'm going to score a touchdown. I'm going to hit this pit, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to believe that. Whereas art, there's kind of this, uh, a sense of the unknown. So maybe that's where the insecurity like lies or something yeah but to have a confidence when you do it i think is like a is to have a step up in some capacity yeah i I guess that confidence too when it comes to athletics is you can think of it like a muscle you know (laughs) it's something we've exercised over and over and over and over again until you just know how to do it how to be confident so um when you you have to be like it's you have to be you have to believe in yourself, you know, yep. even when you don't, you know, especially as a defensive back, you know, you always have to, you can only work. The most important play is always the next play. You yep. can't worry about, you may have given up a touchdown, but you, you have to have a short still, memory. Yeah, you have to have a short memory. And so that transfers over in a different, you know, into the art world in the sense that, you know, one, I'm not going to put anything out there I don't believe in or that yeah. I don't feel like I've done my best on. And, and, and that incorporates encompasses so many things because when I, when I put out a finished product, I always feel it can't get any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So like, you're not going to be able to point to a piece or, or something here, something there in it and be able to pick it apart because I've covered all those bases. I've yep. made sure that this thing is crisp and tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I put it out there, I am a hundred percent confident that it is the absolute best work I can do. Yep. And some of the best work that you're going to see as far as technique goes. Now the ideas probably that's where um, that confidence has to translate into something else into another form because now people are criticizing your ideas yeah yeah, yeah. you know and and again i i bring that same kind of mental fortitude over into that side because as i get more creative 
and have to tell more stories because again, you know, for those of you who don't know, like most of my work in the past is focused strictly on portraiture yeah. and it's not something I'm going to stop, but in expanding the idea point to make the pieces more interesting because of what I found is that the pieces are only interesting as interesting as this person in right, the right, right. portrait. So once their story's done, <laughs> you know, now, now what, you know? So, right. so when I want to express my ideas, that's what I'm getting more to, more into now. So when I have to explain this, I want to make sure that my, my logic is tight. My facts are tight. Yeah. Especially if I do, I'm working on a lot of symbolism. So I have to make sure the symbolism is tight. Yeah. And I think know? that's what the thing that I think your work is like the symbolism is in the two years mm -hmm. has like really changed in like where the, the, the depth, you know, not that there wasn't depth in the older work, mm -hmm. but like there is like a different, it's a different depth. Like, mm -hmm. like, and that's what I think becomes like, like really exciting because it becomes socially engaging in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, I know we talked about that before mm -hmm. and, and how, I mean like the thinking about the works that are at the museum and like the, the historical relevance of, right. of, but then to have the hip hop, like, again, like it's almost like this huge spectrum of like where your work is in a social context with, which I think is like mm -hmm. amazing because it's also like, it's still like, there's so many directions to go. And I know so like you're thinking like, yeah. and I, I know you're thinking about like all the, I mean, I, you know, one of the things I think about is, and I've noticed this before and, and watch like being around you when, when mm -hmm. we have exhibitions or something is that when people see your work, their immediate thing is, can you make me a, what, you know, like, you right. know, they want yeah. you to make somebody <laughs> for them. And like, I'm sure you get that like all the time. Oh yeah. And I mean, does that, does that bother? I don't want to say does it bother you, but it's like, I mean, it's actually it's there's kind of got to be a flatter flattering sense to it, but at the same time, it's like you're the artist, like you're making the work for a reason, and it's like right, yeah, it, it's you know it, it's to be expected, you know, because you know not not everything's for everybody, right? You know, <laughs> if my first series that I've done and what I mostly have are is a series of rappers, you know, my, my all time, you know, favorite rappers. So right. I know that that's going to be distinctly different <laughs> for every hip hop fan out there. So, right. you know, people are like, why didn't you do Eminem? Why didn't you do, <laughs> you know, the entire Wu-Tang Clan? Right. I'm like, no, those, not all that spoke to me, you know? So, you know, wait a minute, you don't like the Wu-Tang? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but, um, but the enjoyment I get out of it, the satisfaction that I get out of it is in the process because I enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's you know, I get better with each piece that I do. So, you know, I know that, you know, the sub like I said, the, the pieces sometimes it just in a portrait piece, it's only as interesting as the person that you're right. doing the portrait of. If you're doing somebody famous. Um, but you have but for people to want my work with you know something that's memorable to them that's what's right. flattering about it that's what's exciting about it because it's not only what the piece represents or what the piece who, who the piece is a portrait of but it's also from my viewpoint yeah you know so it's they want it in my style yep. and that's what and that's what's exciting so i enjoy the process so i have no problem doing you know anything right, but right, if, right. if we're going to do what i like we're going to be doing a lot of hip hop. Right. And, and <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and the reason why I do that is because 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a low-key history buff. You know, I, I like to study history. I like to listen to historical podcasts. Yeah, I was going to say, we talked about that. Yeah. We listen to a lot of podcasts. And what that means, the way it translates into my life is that what I realize is that you have to tell these stories. You have to tell the stories about your own culture. Yep. Nobody's going to do it for you. And yep. if someone does do it for you, they're not going to tell it from your yep. side, your, your, yep. your actual story. You're an individual. Yeah, you're an individual. So, you know, like if you listen to, you know, the the – the stories of, you know, ancient Persia, you know, there's not many records from ancient Persia, right. you know, with King Xerxes and yep. the Spartans and 300. Herodotus wrote that, right. you know, he wrote that book 400 <laughs> years later on top exactly. of that. I'm just kind of making this up. It's yeah. like my perspective. Of <laughs> well, you know, but, but it's, but so the actual words of the Persians is never really heard right. in in the light that they wanted to be seen. Yeah, they recorded the facts, but they didn't record the actual stories, the, the stories in context, the stories yep. with flavor, with life, and, and actual narrative. And and these, so that's, like, really cool to, like, think about that. Because, like, you are, like, well, as artists, we all are recording our own history mm -hmm. and whatever that means and, like, thinking about how your perception of – you know, whether it's, you know, red man's, you know, like, but that's like, that's yours, but that's your percent, you know, that's mm -hmm. your personal history of the artwork. Rec uh, yeah. And I think mm -hmm. that's actually a really interesting like yeah. way to think so, about. And, and, and it just kind of correlates with a couple different things because one, we, we have to tell our own stories and two, you know, again, it's, it's changing to me the way my home should reflect me. Right. You know, I can't, you know, one of the biggest things I, I have troubles with is convincing, well, not even really troubles with, but you see the different dynamics and who, what's, what, what based on their age group. You know, older people, they all want Obama. Oh, you know, they, they, they all want <laughs> President Obama. Right. <laughs> you know, right. and, you know, I've got a, longer, you know, a lot of younger people, I say younger, but I mean like 40s, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, who are actually buying art, but they have no problem decorating their house with a Biggie or a Jay-Z right, right. or or Tupac or anything like that. And right. it's, and it's, you know, and it's me, it feels good for me to help them get to see things my way. Right. 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 You know, that, that again, we should record our own history, celebrate our own heroes, Absolutely. you know, honor the heroes of the past, but honor the heroes now. And it goes the same way with other musical genres. You know, you see these documentaries on, you know, the Grateful Dead, Leonard Skinner, um, you know, uh, the Beatles yep. and, and so on and so forth. And then you, and you think about, you know, these, they look larger than life and, and you, and people analyze their lyrics and their songs and they say their songs changed my life. And then you see these documentaries and these kids were only 16, 17 yep. when they wrote these, yep. when they wrote these songs, <laughs> you know, and, and with hip hop, it's the same exact thing. Yep. So we need to start celebrating. <laughs> it's up to us, the, the, the fans of hip hop to start celebrating um, these rappers that we grew up with that changed our lives. The ones, the same, the ones that were the that yeah that took it to that next level. Right, yeah. exactly. So it's it's up to us, and that and that's kind of been my goal with uh, my first series, of Legends of Hip Hop. And you know, I don't think I'm just going to stop with that series. I'm, I don't think that series will ever end. You know? No, 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 and I hope it doesn't. Be Don't forget to check out Percy King's artwork on Instagram at ArtistPercyKing. And please stop by the abstractathlete.com for upcoming events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. Now back to Percy King.
dig into like the story for you like of like again i know i said that earlier but of of where it started how it how it started and where it's going mm-hmm. um cuz again like you know j- just some of the people that have engaged with your work um you know you mentioned the obama and there's a collectors in richmond that own it mm-hmm. like major collectors like you're in a collection with uh Kendall Wiley, you know, and like right. that's like, and, and I, you know, I, I always think like those things are like funny to me because I, I, somebody in Columbus had bought a, a painting of mine a long time ago and they put it next to a Picasso wow. work. And wow. it's like that to me is just, it, it doesn't even make sense, you know? I mean, so I mean, like, I'm sure you have like that same relationship. Oh, like when definitely. you walk into a space and there's my work and there's a Kendall Wiley. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, it, it's, it's amazing, you know. Um, you know, it's always funny for me to try to explain to people what a big deal this these experiences are yeah. for me because most of my friends aren't into art. Well, that's uh, that was where you I was going to go with it too. So, so I have to kind of show them, like, okay, you know, my piece, you know, in Richmond is, is sitting next to you know Nick Cave yep. and a uh, oh. I forgot his name already. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm horrible with names. You're gonna have to edit. Teaching, teaching, <laughs> teaching is like so difficult because I'm like uh, the guy with the squiggly things. What's the dude that does yeah. the tar. Um, I have no idea. I'm like you're, you're asking the wrong person. You're asking for a um, name. But anyway, um, you know when I, when I so edit that. Part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is play, you know. but the cool part about it is you know the Nick Cave Nick Cave you know. <laughs> who does the sound suits, you know, people look at his work and they're like, wow, what is that? You know, I'm like, well, you know, this, this guy, you know, out of Kansas city, this is what he does. But the cool part is he just was on the cover of the New York times for best dressed, you know, one of the best dressed people in New York or artists. I'm not sure how they did it, but to see that. And then the guy next to the, the guy on the other side of my piece, you know, he won the MacArthur award for $600,000 or grant. Yep. Um, you know, just to see that, you know, it's just like, wow. It's, you and know, it validates. Right. I mean, it just validates what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah. It definitely, so, it definitely mean, puts it in a different light. I mean, so. do you like, do you talk to, I mean, obviously you still have relationships with past players and, and like, do you talk to them about like, cause I'm sure a lot of them know this is what you do now, but mm-hmm. is there a conversation about, you know, like, the, again, like that stigma, it's like, oh, you're an artist now, you know, because I get, I used to get that all the time. Like yeah. when I started singing, I'll never <laughs> forget, like my friend's parents, like looking at me because my hair was a little longer yeah. than it did when I played <laughs> sports. And it's like, you know, they have this, just this weird look about, right? like, what are you doing? You know, And I feel like it's almost like you have to explain yourself and yeah, this is what I'm doing and it's real. And I mean, do you like still... At, at first, it was it was very interesting at first when I said that this was what I was going to do, um, because, again, at this point, you know, I'm 40 years old, yeah. you know, who, who does a career <laughs> change at 40, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, so we're all kind of competing and watching each other grow and be successful in our careers and congratulating each other on our, you know, financial accomplishments. And then all of a sudden the gears change 
But at this point, there's no barometer to measure one's success amongst my group of friends because right. nobody's el- no one else has gone down this <laughs> route. You know, there's nothing tangible where I can say I do art and right. You know, and Joey Galloway does. Art. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm and I'm doing great at it, you know. Right. So it, it's it, it was kind of embarrassing at first to, you know, after, you know, you, you, you see people that you haven't seen in a while and they say, oh, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I'm an artist. And they're like, Oh, OK, cool. What do you do? <laughs> what I, do you really do? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I tell them what I do and then they're like, oh, OK, um, you sold anything. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I haven't sold anything. Right. <laughs> you done a show. Mm hmm. No, I haven't done a show yet. <laughs> oh, uh, well, how much you charge? Ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't sold anything. You haven't done a show, and you're charging ten thousand. <laughs> you call yourself <laughs> an, artist. an artist? Like how long you been doing this? Like a year. Yep. You know, but it was it was that that kind that was kind of you know again I I always try to stay humble. I didn't really want to tell everybody too much. You know, yeah. at that point, but you know that was at the point I was building up. You know, my my pieces to do my first show. And, you know, again, in between that time, there were a lot of people who I'm not going to say they doubted me because they know me. Everyone knows me. And so they know like and we don't doubt. This is where the athlete thing comes in. It's like you don't doubt me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't necessarily doubt each other, but it's just kind of like, hmm, Mm -hmm. that's that's good for you. (laughs) You know, good luck with that. You know, we'll we'll see what (laughs) comes of it, you know, because everybody understands that it's a process. Yeah. Everybody understands it's a process. It's kind of like even with the museum. You know, it was six, literally six months after I did my first show, I met the director of the Columbus Museum of Art, and she told me she wanted me to do three pieces for them. And it was just a crazy moment because I'm at this show, I'm participating in one of these shows for the Harlem Renaissance yep. 100th anniversary at the King Theater at, in Columbus. And um, I did not know anybody. This was a completely new circle for me. Yep. So, like, the only person I knew there was my wife. And that right. was it. <laughs> you know, so I couldn't remember. And, and the lady, she didn't have any car- business cards on her. So I gave her my card and she said she'd call me. She didn't have any business cards. And I remember, so I remembered her name wrong. <laughs> right. And then I didn't even recognize her when, when, when I was looking her up. So, you know, I'm asking people, I'm like, hey, do you remember Lisa from the Columbus Museum of Art? She said she was going to buy three pieces. She hasn't called me. And people were kind of looking at me like, Purse, you know, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, sure, Purse. Yeah, you know, and then I'm telling them, and, and then at first I was all excited. I'm telling people, like, Columbus Museum of Art is right. buying some of my work. And, and everybody's like, even the, especially the artists, I got a lot of. <laughs> funny looks from the other artists because they're like hers that's classic you you just had your first show in a hair shop now you're trying to tell us you're gonna be in the columbus museum of art and i'm like yeah you know like i know it sounds crazy like yeah yeah and you don't know the lady and you don't remember her name like hey man what can i say that's what happened (laughs) that is classic uh yeah so like you said you know people you know, again, I don't. I don't think people ever really doubted me because, again, from the circle of people that I come from, we all understand that there's a process, yep. and you know, they kind of will judge you based on where you are in the process. If they don't see any progress, I'm kind of side eye you a little bit. Yeah. And and art is one of those things where, you know, until you start popping up in places and and selling works that you really don't have anything tangible to show anybody, you know, that 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 you are doing well. 
Well, and again, that, again, that that idea of coming from from a sports world too, to go to an art world, again, there's just a stigma to it. You know, like you're just gonna get shit for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, you know, I remember. Did you take art classes in high school? Did you even do that? Because uh, I took no. art classes in high school, and it was almost like I was hiding when I went we, to the classes. We did a little bit just because mm-hmm. our our football coach he was the art teacher. Oh, what? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. Oh, that's it's wild. Bruce Carr. He's still he's eighty years old. He still that's, paints today. That's epic. Yeah, and and it was interesting too because he was one of one of my inspirations and. Was, Kind of like how we've talked about before, when you just never know what you'll say to somebody to inspire them, or what right. what someone will see you do that'll inspire them. He was probably at that point twenty five years ago. He'd been fifty five, almost sixty, somewhere around in there. Yep. Um, fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> I said we'll almost sixty. Yeah. But um, you know, he was the first person that I saw that. One, he was he was listening to rap music yep. at the time and teaching us the historical significance of groups like Tribe Called Quest and how what they were doing was unique, you yep. know. And we were all excited because he was listening to it. Now he wasn't listening to everything, but he would he would let us know like I think this is important, you know. Right. And he was the first person I saw in his age group. You know, I'm, again, I looked up to this. I still do look up to this man. You know, he he drew a portrait of Tupac. Oh, yeah. He really? drew, he drew a portrait of Tupac, and that really resonated with me at the time because this man was well studied. I mean, he was an art teacher, but prior to that, he he was a Vietnam vet. Uh, came back, um, became an engineer. Actually worked on the World Trade Center. Um, um, tower worked on the World Trade Center towers. And I just found I just found that out recently, but then he decided he wanted to become a football coach and an art teacher. Does that that connect? I mean, like that guy's ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, truly. You know, when when I say well studied, this man has gone to Egypt. He's gone to just about every country in Africa. He does the studies. He writes literature on his own. He makes posters on his own of you know the 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 pharaoh timeline. So like I'm looking at this. I heard, and I don't know if it was a podcast or if I heard something on, like, sports radio, maybe, but I, I remember hearing that there was, like, a hip-hop studies class, and I'm trying to see, I don't know if it was I this one. I think that's in, There's, in NYC. New yeah, um, Columbia College, is that the one? I don't know if it's, it's New York State, whichever okay, one is downtown. Okay, NYU, maybe? Yeah, NYU. No, they, like, they, I wish that there was classes like that. I mean, I, yeah. one of the classes I took at Ohio State, we definitely... Like talked, but it was more of a like a foundations class. But we mm-hmm. talked about kind of everything, mm-hmm. music and art, and and I mean it, that stuff. But I wish to God they had like classes like that. Yeah, yeah. When, and, and those things are important because, it, especially when it comes to hip hop music, hip hop reflects the society around it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, you know, and I've heard uh, Ti make this argument, and and other rappers like him make this argument that if you want to change what hip hop music is about. Change society. Change society. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and you listen to some of these, you, you listen to some of the things he, these guys are talking about. Yeah, they they party, they like to have fun, but deep in there, there's a social message yep. that you can pull out from that. And these same social messages about, you know, injustice from the, the judicial system, the police yep. brutality, to police murders, yep. um, you know, to drugs <clears throat> in the community. These are the same things they were and talking it's about real. in 1980. Yep. 
I know, and that's the thing. Like, we're, what is that that saying? We're doomed to repeat ourselves. Right. It just never it, changes. It just never changes. It's right. not even repeating and itself. It's, it's it just, just never, has yeah. never changed. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 it's important to, you know, capture that. And that's, and that's one of the things a lot of people talk about as artists. The reason why art is important is because it captures society. Yep. at that specific point in time you know yep. it's it's up to the artist to record what's going on around absolutely them. so you know whether you know if you look at you know I, i've seen um stories on you know victorian era painters who were painting fruit mm-hmm. and you know botanists and you know people can go and look at those paintings and say whoa look at the transformation of the of the watermelon before it was, you know, cultured, or, right, right, right. you know, and they, and they can look back 500 years ago and say, okay, fruit looked different. Okay. Grapes <laughs> right. look the same, right. you know, but there, there's diff- different things. You, if you look at, um, ancient Roman paintings and, and frescoes and things like that, they can tell a lot about how gladiators fought just from, from those paintings, paintings. Yep. because there's not that much writing. There's writing about, the gladiators themselves and the style of armor they use, but the techniques for fighting, right. they don't really know. It's right. kind of up in the air. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, 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 the and, artists and that's, are the recorders that's the of artists, history. The artists are, are the recorders <clears throat> of history. So those are the little intricacies, intricacies and nuances that we as artists are going to capture when we tell our stories, right. because it's going to reflect what's going on around us. Because again, a lot of these, you know, a hundred years from now, when you know there's no police brutality yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah i mean again yeah. like the art thing is going to change yeah I mean, arts you know we, we, people can look back and say wow did they really have their hands up when yep. they were shot you know yep. they, no what, man what was I the mean, reason why are all these people having their hands up yep. in these pictures because these things may be forgotten yep. you know and that's one of the things i i kind of remind people too and i'm kind of going off on a tangent no 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 with, i mean that's with like that's, presidents no. with president trump and and people like him and one of the reasons why he fights so hard to resist, you know, obviously impeachment and, and negative press and, and you hear him talk about, you know, how great things are going is because in a hundred years, nobody's going to remember. Yeah. They're just going to, he knows, he knows the significance of history yep. and he knows in a hundred years mm-hmm. that only no one's going to remember what living through his presidency was like. Right. But they're going to. They're we might going not to know. Look, we might not remember that in ten years. Right. But they're going to look back and they're going to say, "Wow, he said these things." They're going to look back at the quotes and they're going to say, "He's he said the economy's good." He's going to yep. say, "You know, he cleaned this up." You know what I mean? Yep. So so that's what a lot of people are, um, you know, aware of, and that's one of the things I think he's aware of, and that's why it's important to get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but those are, that's kind of the angle, the way I kind of view things. So it's it's important that we record the police brutality, the things that are going on, the injustices, and what the community yep. looks like, and what the music looks like, and the people who made the music. Because again, in a hundred years, you might listen to hip hop, but you're not going to know what these people look right, like. Right, right. You're not going to know what they wore. Right. You're not going to know the times when you know Yankee hats were popular. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, again. Everybody's going to think in 50 years, everybody yeah. was a Yankees fan. Yeah. No, they're not a Yankees fan. Just <laughs> the you you got yeah. ask, yeah. ask that question yesterday. The, the, the Yankee hat is just a staple <laughs> in the hip-hop right. community amongst the older right. guys. 
that you know again nobody's going to remember those yeah, things then it became the cincinnati reds cincinnati like, what, reds that was because the crips of, yep. i mean the bloods yep. you know but there's there's gang hats yep. you know obviously la yeah, yeah. but again those are things that need to be recorded because yep. No one's going to know that L.A. hat was yep. for Crips or, yep. yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. the Cincinnati Reds was for, you know, blood, yep. Bloods. Yep. You know, yep. that's, you know, not that you have to be proud of that. or anything, No, no, but, no. But, I, th- but I mean, again, like it's a recording of history and there's like a reason, like there's a social component to it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like that understanding of that, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, I mean, that the historical component of how you're presenting things. I mean, not the, you know, I don't know, you know, like if we want to talk about like the Tupac work that you did. I mean, there's multiple questions, I guess, you know, to talk about maybe the Tupac and mm-hmm. like how, you know, that work is actually continuing mm-hmm. to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's just like, like, and I hate this cause this is an art thing. Cause I'm not a person that like, where do you think your art fits? Like in terms of like it's sculptural, but it's kind of painterly, but it's kind of, you it, know what I mean? Like, or do you even care? Like, and I, no. I, I would say I wouldn't even care because that's like, again, because I think it's just yours. Yeah. And that like, I think that creative component is, that's more important than like this fits into the 21st yeah. century yeah. art, whatever. And, blah, and that's, blah, what's, blah. that's what's important for me is because it doesn't have necessarily a category yes it is sculpture yes it is woodwork but so many people will look at it and say well that's a painting they'll describe Mm -hmm. my work as a painting Uh, yeah it it, and and it is all those things um and that's what excites me about it and part of the advantage for me not having a background in art is i'm not boxed in i'm not i'm not labeled one thing i don't understand that i have to fit into a certain category again historically (laughs) I don't, <laughs> look at Jimmy I don't Hendrix. care about history. If you look, if you look at him, Jimmy Hendrix, for instance, right. self-taught guitarist. Yep. You know, he didn't. He was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, he, he, he defined a genre all his own, you yep. know, a style all his own. Still. Yeah. And so, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a box that he came from. When he, yep. when he first learned to play, he didn't want to play blues anymore yep. after a while. He wanted to go into other things and explore different things because it's, it's, it's our perspective, the merging of cultures, the merging of mediums that creates something entirely new. Same with hip-hop music. Hip-hop yep. music is, you know, taken over the world. It's changed cultures. It's changed music, um, you know, all over the world. But it has its roots in people making music in their basements yep. you know and in and in their apartments you yep. know and house parties so you know they didn't worry about you know does it sound like this does it does it do does it no, fit in this category or that category you just make it and if people like it if you like it and i think just put it out there that's that's like such a good thing to like present to young people mm-hmm. is just like, don't be concerned about, like, just make something. Yeah. Like, just do something. And, yeah. like, don't worry about, like, what that means in terms of good, bad. Right. Just do it. Yeah. And and that's, like, that does come from a hip-hop culture. Like, in terms of, like, they were doing those mixtapes, like, all the time. Yeah. And putting yeah. stuff out. And, you know, I'm sure they, you know, like, you and I as artists, like, looking back at, like, works we did in the beginning it's like oh that's not you know i mean it's not that bad (laughs) per se but it's like that idea of like how you grow and and i'd love to like listen to some earlier hip-hop you know just straight from the basement or from the neighborhood where they just recorded like 
straight on to like yeah. tape. And and what you do It's crude and, and but it's awesome. Yeah. Once you see once you see the evolution of so many things, you start to understand where it is today. Yep. You know, when hip hop first started and now I feel like we're getting off on another <laughs> thing. But when hip hop first started and I can liken this to art and it's you know when hip hop first started, it was all about the DJ. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. You know the 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 rapper, the MC was secondary. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one no one yep. was there for the rapper. They yep. were there for the guy making the actual yeah, yeah. music because yep. that was the hype man. That was the one yep. who got the party going. But once they started filtering it over onto records, you needed yep. You needed you needed someone. You needed a vocalist. Yep. You needed somebody there to. And that's the evolution of the MC to where the DJ is. You know, pretty much null and void at this yep, point. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same way within in the, within the art world, or with even my work, um, or works like it. You know, if people are going in a different direction, you know, there's always going to be the first one. That person may be obsolete because there's going to be somebody come along that comes along that's inspired by that work and says, "I yep. can do something." Well, not competing with you, but you know, I can do. I can put this tweak on it and that tweak, yeah, and then yeah. another person comes along. And they do all those things that everyone else did. A but lot then of times, the first person that it. does something is not the one that's known. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I know like we talked a, a little bit about because your work is so intricate, but it's hand cut. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's super important because, you know, we talked about like somebody could CNC route it, but it's just, it, it's kind of yeah, dead yeah. at that point. Like it's not the, the, the fact that you do it by hand uh, to me, like puts the you in it. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, that's, that's where the passion comes through. Right. And, and, you know, for me, again, the process, everything that I've worked on up until this point has gone into the portraits that I make. So, you know, if if I had a CNC machine, would I probably do it? You know, <laughs> maybe, yes, a, little maybe bit. a little bit. But this is just the way I learned how to do it. Right. And for me to go about it. You know, the, I guess you could say the long way to get the end result was wasn't a problem for me because that's the only way I figured it out. Right. You know, but, you know, there is something to the craftsmanship that I'm proud that I'm super proud of um, when I when I show my work to people. You know, it's not only the piece, the subject matter and what it is, but it's also the craftsmanship involved. Yep. You know, so you can ob obviously, you know, everybody says watches tell time, but there's a difference between you know, an Invicta watch that's right. $200 <laughs> right, stamped right. pieces and a Breitling that's handmade in the Swiss Alps with, you know, air sealed rooms. So dust right, doesn't right, get right. in, you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> there's a difference in the craftsmanship. And, you know, again, there's, there's a reason why a Lamborghini costs so much. It's handmade yep. on top, yeah, on top I, of everything else. It's handmade. And, but there's something like, there's something I, th I don't want to say it's, there's a loss of that, because we obviously technology is, is becoming more and more prevalent in how we mm -hmm. do things. And I think that there's something, the realness of, of handmade stuff, because Chris, what did Chris say that there's some like great, you know, like art or creativity will not be automated and it won't be, I mean, in right. some capacity they're, they're, you know, yeah. there, there's always going to be people that are going to be gravitate towards that stuff. But the, the fact that it's like your hands that are cutting these pieces and putting everything together, mm -hmm. that puts it in the, it's honest. And, and I, you know, like yeah. I get not to diminish what, you know, CNC routers can do, and, yeah. and, and uh, but it's. I think it it it's kind of cold. Yeah. And and yeah. 
and di- I don't want to say dishonest, but you yeah. know. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you know, these these are you know obviously debates that people have had you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. for forever. You know, I mean, if you if you ask an engineer, you know, right. they'll tell you the arts in the machine in no, making absolutely. the machine. You yeah. know, so you know, it's um, it just all depends. You know, it's exciting. You know, again, if you, even if you look at my work. You know, the Amish would probably scoff at the way right. I make my work, you know, because, you know, we say it's hand handmade and it is, but I'm but still you using use machine, power, tool, yeah, right, power right, tools, right. you know, the right, Amish right, right. would be like, oh, How he's not you. real. He, he doesn't have a saw, a hand saw, Jebediah, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, so it's all relative. Um, there's obviously exciting things that if you get a horse and carriage and start cutting <laughs> stuff out of the back that I will respect you way yeah. more. Yeah. But, um. You know, just so for, you, you know, this, this, it's exciting. Technology is exciting. What people are doing with technology is exciting. And, you know, yeah. obviously there's things that machines can do this that are just flat out impossible, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, for, for people to do with handmade. But yeah, there definitely um, is, a, is a component to my work where the craftsmanship, I think, is one of the things that resonates with people. That that and I think the visual experience. I think for me, it's always fun to watch people look at your work, mm-hmm. and it's actually really interesting. I don't remember if you showed me this, like when you're f- like filming it, mm-hmm. you know, with your with your iPhone or whatever, mm-hmm. and you move. Like the piece is almost it's literally animated. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, how do you like? I mean, it's got it has to be fun and gratifying for you to to actually talk to people when they see your work yeah i mean yeah it it is it is definitely an experience different from just simply observing the piece itself or or observing the image itself and it does take on a life of its own Uh, i i always tell people and this is one of the things when when we talked about him when i was kind of embarrassed in that middle ground of telling people i was an artist and they say let me see your work and i'd pull out my phone and show them a picture and i'd always say well it looks better in person right 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 Right. which is actually good yeah yeah (laughs) you you know so you get more side eyes yeah but um (laughs) you know so when when mark rothko i actually posted this quote he said that the art is not a picture of the art is oh how do you put it? A picture of the art is not the experience, but the experience is the art itself. Right. And that's kind of how I look at my work because not only does it capture the image of someone, a right. capture a portrait, which is also art, but it's actually what it is. That's the art right. itself. So when you see my work and you see it from the side, it does take on a life of its own. When you see it throughout the right. day. Um, you know, depending on where you have it and the way the sunlight shines on it, it changes throughout the day. Yep. You know, when you when you show it in a gallery, I always tell the gallery owners, don't put a light directly over my piece. It right. just doesn't it yeah, doesn't it, work. It deadens it. Yeah, it deadens it. So, you know, that's the experience itself, you know, and, and that's what people really enjoy about it. It's it's right. kind of refreshing to go somewhere and see something you actually want to look at. And I think that that's, I mean, I think that's, I love that idea. And it's hard, but like, it's so funny, like in the world today, obviously, I mean, it's, it again, like this is a double-edged sword. It's mm-hmm. like to be able to like put an, an image on Instagram for people all over the world to potentially look at it, mm-hmm. which is 
that's amazing. Yeah. Because we, we, we both know, like, there's people in wherever that are never going to ever see our work in right. person. Right, But yours really truly does exist in the experience of seeing it in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, like, I just remember the Mayweather piece, and, you know, we had it at 1708, mm-hmm. and holding up that phone, or actually, I think it was the uh, two guys that were doing a review of the show, mm-hmm. and I was standing behind them and watching them hold the phone up mm-hmm. and they would just like move it as like an inch yeah. and the whole thing just shifts and yeah. it's just like i mean it's almost a trick yeah uh yeah. and so it's it does become really truly experiential yeah as a work mm-hmm. and i think so i think rothko's quote uh, you know and I, I remember that quote too because i actually love that idea of being able to experience a worse work in person but mm-hmm. it's like it's not always possible and which Mm -hmm. i think is you know can be sad especially for work like yours where it is truly based on this idea of scene yeah and and that's one of the things like Mm -hmm. even on um social media i always tell people people are like what's your instagram why don't you post that much work i'm like well it doesn't really translate online you know side images and but it's it's still 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 not the same you know i know and 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 i was because i you know people get really excited and they're like oh i'm gonna show it to this person i'm gonna show it to that person i would say you know don't get too excited because it's not going to show that great when you take a picture of it. So right. they'll probably, you know, whoever you show it to is probably not going to be as excited as right. you are. But I do make sure that if I'm presenting to somebody or if I'm going to show my work to a potential client, I always take a take piece with piece. me. Yep. Take a piece with me because that's the, the only way you're going to understand right. the, the complete experience that it gives. No, and I think that's why we brought that piece last night. Mm-hmm. It's like so people can actually see it as opposed to being projected on yeah. the screen it's like okay it's cool right but right like and then when you see it it's like oh shit yeah because like, on face value yeah. i always say it's not the best drawing you've ever right. seen right, 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 right. <laughs> it's not like i'm breaking ground there right. or anything like that <laughs> but you know it's 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 when you see it in person so wanted to quickly remind everyone to go check out the abstract athlete training journal available on our web shop store and amazon thank you again for listening and now back to percy king well we're like an hour in i don't know we can probably talk you know we can always do another one of these and stuff yeah so um you want to wrap up for now, you want to keep. I mean, we uh, we talk, keep talking. I, 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 got, you know, I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> That's true. We're both stuck here in Nashville, so um, well, we'll keep talking for a little while. Uh, like, what? Do you, like, you know, again, what we do and what like you're doing with us, and you know, we keep talking about like this idea of of art as a practice, mm-hmm. kind of again, like along the lines of being an athlete, and you know the benefits that that it has on a uh, like on our mental wellness mm-hmm. on, on you know like visualization you know mm-hmm. concentration and everything it, do you i mean this is a hindsight thing maybe or maybe it's a two-part question uh i mean do you wish that you would have been able to take art in college or was the focus too much on sports like that it wouldn't have mattered i mean you know what I mean? Like, I, I actually th- do think back, and I don't want to say it's a regret, but I do wonder, like, if having, like, a creative practice would have 
benefited me in performance and stuff. Not that I'm an anxious person, but like yeah. there are, you know, like there are moments that I just go, huh, I wonder. Yeah. It, it's, you know, there's, there's always the what ifs. I, I think it's beneficial looking back in the sense that more exposure and, and more response if there was, you know, if I had an interest in something that, we, that it could be cultivated. I think that's what's important. Um, for me, obviously, I don't think, I, I don't regret the path that I've taken or not yeah, yeah. having the art classes or anything like that because obviously everything up to that point has led me where to where I am. You know, when we talked about, you know, you know, my work is, is just kind of different and using a yeah. different medium, you know, so I probably wouldn't have been doing that. I wouldn't have pursued a career in woodwork, right, right, right. you know, but had I pursued a career in woodwork in college, that may have been different. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know at the time that carpentry was called industrial engineering, <laughs> you know, and it was offered at Ohio <laughs> State, but I was never yeah. exposed to that. Right. You know, I probably, I may have done it at that point. I think I told um, you before, I didn't even know I could take art classes in yeah. college so, i mean that which is ridiculous we we had some art classes in college yeah. but there were those were the ones that were Didn't, wasn't catching more the whole the, basket weaving oh issue. Yeah. yeah there was a, <laughs> the, i'll put it like this they used to put us in summer school classes because one we would get paid because yeah. that was it, it was legal right. you know for, for through the ncaa yeah, yeah. You know, is that you get paid for summer classes, and two, they want to make sure to boost your GPA, so yeah, you took yeah. certain courses, yeah. and this was part of it. Yeah. But as far as seriousness, I don't think they ever really promoted, you know, an, an art. They promoted art in that frame. I think again, it's it's just more about exposure, uh, exposing the kids to as much art as possible and like i said if there's an interest there or there's something that sparks a creative gene in them that that's cultivated and that they have an outlet to be able to pursue that yep. um you know that i think that's that's what's probably most important you know but and then and then their skills will take over you know their 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 tenacity and and what they do will will, will take over from there and that's how you'll get more more artists out of it and then too is to show them how to be business-minded art people yep you know that's that's I one mean, of they the, don't even teach that in art school yeah like so. that's that's the amazing part is it's like people don't realize that stuff actually exists outside of the four walls of academia right and which i think is sad mm -hmm. um i think that's actually a leg up for athletes because there is more of a tenacity mm -hmm. in athletes like you said it's like the drive of a student athlete is completely different from any other, from, I mean, for the most part. I don't mm -hmm. want to broad brush that, but because they, they are built in ritual based and, and how they operate, that yeah. they actually have a leg up if they actually choose that path. Mm -hmm. and, and, and part of that too comes from their network because, yep. um, you know, like with most things, you know, it's, it's about who you know, who you come in contact yeah. with and, and things like that but when when you're an athlete and you've graduated and you kind of kept you know you kept your nose clean and you're doing well people want to support you you right. know and and it's up to you to go out and have that network of contacts or network of people that can put you in positions to where you'll be in front of you know people who will actually purchase your products right you know so if you Look at it that way. That's one of the advantages, too, of a, of a student athlete. So even for me, like I was saying before, when, 
when I, I kind of realized I was kind of on a higher path and feel that I'm on a, a guided path because once I decided to become an artist and I started looking around my circle, around my network and my contacts, I started realizing everything I need is already here, right? including the buyers. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Um, I mean, even just Ohio State world. Yeah. And I mean, like, good God, that's like, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And, and didn't you tell me what, like, didn't you get your first sales job through Archie Griffin. Yeah, like, Ar- yeah Archie and- Griffith got me my first job. Yeah. He sent me over to Worthington Industries. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's kind of like the who's who of Buckeye Pass. I- a lot of huge, lot of Buckeyes there. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, but again, like that that network, and you can say that about a lot of colleges, obviously, mm-hmm. or any you know pro teams. There's obviously like a built-in network, but Buckeye Nation is gigantic. Candid. Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean, huge. You know, you run into people and just the most random. Of, I remember being over in Europe and getting off a plane and somebody wearing a Buckeye shirt and I just O H, I you know like yep. in the, and it's like we're in Paris. Yeah, you know, and like that stuff happens everywhere. Yeah, Every, and, everywhere you go. I've I've been you know Spain, France, yep. everywhere. It, it's same all over. Yep. You know, currently reside in Charlotte and. Charlotte is one of the largest Buckeye alumni clubs yep. in the country. And it's amazing because everywhere you go, yep. somebody's got an Ohio State shirt or hat yep. on. I, you know, it's <laughs> like, wow. Like, I've seen more Ohio State paraphernalia than Carolina than, Tar Heels. Right. I, I'm, I am not lying to you. I'm <laughs> no, not but exaggerating. Not ge- like, but Ohio State is like a pro organization. Yeah. I mean, and, and not just like in terms of sports, but just like in general. Mm-hmm. Like, um, are you going to end up going to like football games at the, at the Buckeye bar down in Charlotte? Yeah, I've been planning on it, but I, I you, we, we got to, we just keep driving back and forth to Columbus so much right, at this right. point. I haven't done it yet, right. but yeah, that's, that's one of the goals. There's actually three, uh, sports bars dedicated to Ohio State football <laughs> in Charlotte <That's> <laughs> every Saturday. That's insane. And you go back to games every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while. And then you go back to the, to the. T-T-U-N. Um, uh, sometimes. You know, to be honest with you, I've, I've kind of burnt out on football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, I, I I love the camaraderie. I make sure I don't miss a game. But, like, the, you know, usually every weekend I'm working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just, no, I mean, life changes. Yeah. I mean, you know, or life moves on, however you want to say it. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, I remember – that's why I ended up quitting playing baseball. It was just mm-hmm. I just got burnt out. Yeah. And I got redshirted, and it was just, you know, so you just end up practicing for a year. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think if I would have had the opportunity, because they have that stupid-ass NCAA rule, I mean, for all, all sports, but they're mm-hmm. all different. Like, baseball is, you know, I could have been drafted out of high school, but I went to college, and so I went to college, and then I had to be there for three stay, years. Yeah. Football, yeah. you don't even have a choice. And basketball is one year you have to go to college no matter what. It's yeah. just, it, you know, so it's just, it kind of, it was forced retirement in some capacity, but also the burnout mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of, of. Yeah, a lot, a lot of burnout in sports. That's, that is for sure. That's why most guys in the NFL, when you hear about retirement, they, yep. they always retire during camp. The well, guys who yeah, think yeah, they're going to make yeah. it one more year, squeeze another couple of years out, yeah. first week of two a days. Like, nope, done. Nope, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> I had enough. Now it's amazing to me, like you know, person like like Vernon Davis or 
or I mean, Tom Brady. I mean, God, how long has mm-hmm. he been? You know, but he's again, 40, he's a quarterback. 42, he never gets touched. But still, you know, yeah. I, mean, I can't I, even throw a football right now. No, 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 man. <laughs> I, I mean, I still do sprints, yeah. and I'm 50. I'm gonna be 51 next week. Wow. And and just the different how I feel, like compared <laughs> to like even 10 years ago. Oh man, yeah. And it's just a different thing. It's like, oh wow, my body's not operating. So I can't imagine. Right. You know, like, what did Brett Favre played in his 40s as well? And Oof. it's like, can you, I mean. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know how um, when it comes to sports and physical stuff. I mean, I got a, I got a buddy. He was, I think he was 30 when he had his first hip replacement. Oh, jeez. You know, and, and he's had a knee replacement since. And then I think the, the hip surgery that he got was only to delay the the, the real hip surgery oh, oh, that he's going to have that they said he was too young for. I'm oh. like, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, 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 it does wear and tear on you, you know, even physically as well as mentally. But What we're telling you is art doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only emotionally. Yeah, no. we, we got to bring the show down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. ultimately, you know... Um, Again, I, I I have a passion for football, and I have a passion, you know, for and perfection. And your son plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My so son cool. plays, so, you know, it's something he wanted to do. You know, I, I didn't let him play till he was in um, sixth grade. You know, he begged and begged and begged, and, you know, I finally, finally decided to let him play. But he's he's earned a scholarship to uh, Ohio Dominican University, Division awesome. II school in, in Ohio. And, uh, you know, he's doing well. He's, he's excited, and, you know, yep. school's paid for. Yep. You can't ask for nothing more than that. No, man, are you, you kidding know? me? The cost of school? Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Jeez. Now, I, yeah, I mean, like, I still have major passion for all sports, but, they, like, they're, they're changing. Mm-hmm. You know, football obviously is changing in terms of, and probably rightfully so, but it's, I think it, I think it gets under a lot of people's skins, you know, in terms of the it's becoming less contact, but the the safety element of of stuff is yeah is pretty prevalent. Like, and some of it, it's hard. There was a play the other day that I was watching, and this guy was literally going for an interception mm-hmm. in the Lions game. Bla- yeah, 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 and he blasted it. into the receiver, and it it ended up being helmet to helmet. But how yeah. do you not? Like, can you, I mean, can you imagine that when you were playing? Because yeah. you were always known as, like, a hammer. Yeah, like, yeah. you, like, hit people. Yeah. And I think that's actually a Buckeye thing. Like, no, 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 not, <laughs> you know, like, the DBs, you know, sorry, we're DBU, LSU, no offense. <laughs> right. But, like, the, you know, the Buckeyes are, like, really just a hit. Yeah. And it's, like, the way that football has changed, I mean, how, how do you think that would have been in your time not that that was that long ago but I mean, it well, has changed that I much mean, it's, in 10 years it's changed and it and it needs it now yep. that we know the ramifications and yep. too you know just with access to information you know we've we've always known yeah you know silly, boxers but... are punch they used to call boxers punch drunk yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. you, you know it's it's uh when you listen to them talk you know there's brain damage it's yep. been going on that long for they but still not talking about concussions in boxing nope at all or or mma or mma but you know with football just because it is the biggest thing out there um you know again this is something that most football football players have known 
since since we knew that there was a such thing called concussions, you yeah. know, but back in the day, obviously they didn't treat it the same. You know, I've had, I had concussions in high school where yeah. I know for a fact I shouldn't have been playing, you know, got gotten up and, and played, but I did. The I only had a bus the, ride home. I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only way, quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, back in the day, the only way you were coming out the game, yeah. you know, from a, from a doctor or a team position standpoint is if you got knocked completely yeah. out. Yeah. Outside of that, mm-mm. you yep. shake it off, you yep. go back yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, they, they use the smelling salt. Yeah, which Doctor Sifu actually said those those things are that's just a bunch of crap. That, oh that really? Do, he's like, <laughs> all it does is like you know just like whoa that yeah. smells bad. But um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. You know, the game is changing. It is it is for the better. Yep. I think that you know us as an older generation, you know, we're just gonna have to get used to it. You know, we don't we don't want this to happen to our sons. No. Um, and and our daughters when it comes to soccer and and, and other sports, you know, we we want to take care of these things because we do know the long term outcomes, and it's you can't hide it anymore. And and that's kind of one of the things that that I feel. I don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna say it was hidden, but it wasn't talked about publicly. Yep. But again, in house, you had a lot of guys who said. They don't let, they're not going to let their sons play football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because of that You have a lot reason. of your buddies that don't? I have a few. Yeah. I have a few. Yeah. Yeah. So, that you played with at, at Ohio State. Yeah, that, yeah. I, that I played with at Ohio State yeah. that's, that have not allowed their sons yeah. to play wow. football. And, and they've kind of come to these decisions, you know, back 95, 96, even before all the CTE stuff was yep. coming out. Um, but, again, it's important that there is a safety factor. I think the thing about football, why it's going to stay around is because – Outside of, you know, MMA or boxing, there is no litmus test for masculinity nope. in our society. Not at all. And that's that's the only outlet we really have yep. for physical dominance, yep. you know, is is the sport. You know, baseball is a game of technique. You I know, know, sorry, know, there's no physical <laughs> contact. <laughs> no offense taken. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's – um, you know, there's just something to that that's, that's ingrained in our nature – to yep. want to showcase physical dominance. And that's that's the only, as an American culture, that's the only way I know we See, have. See, I should have played defense. Even, like, I was a quarterback, and I should have played. I hated getting hit, but I didn't mind hitting, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the same I, way. <laughs> I hated, like, the offensive line I played. No offense, guys, but you sucked. That's why I quit my senior year. It's just like, I just hated, like, that, just getting, like, blindsided. Mm-hmm. And just, and, but, like, in terms of, like, running down the field and popping somebody it's like yeah i'm in control of that yeah yep. and like i know what the impact's going to be and and so it's just always different and yeah yeah I, I look at these guys i look at these guys today and i'm like these especially the offensive players more than anything and i see them get hit and i'm like i don't know how they, they how they put up with that right, right, right. <laughs> i can't even imagine because the football now i don't look at it the same i used the older i get the more it looks like it hurts <laughs> you know <laughs> You don't remember that? Yeah, like, and that, you know, it's, it's just like being in a car accident. I tell yeah. people all the time, but I was so used, it didn't mean anything to me. But it wasn't until I was actually in a car accident that I was like, oh, that was the same oh, feeling. That was the same feeling yeah. as, as tackling somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know? But practices are also different. Practices right? are completely like, different. You guys I mean, used to like hit what three days a week. Now we they had, only hit like once. No, we hit every day. Okay. So, yeah, we yeah. used to have three a days. We had three a day practices, oh. full contact for one, half contact for another, and then like button up for the right. third. But you know, you'd have days. You know, you go all day. I mean, you know, high school. 
you know, you hit every single day. Now oh, they, yeah. they even regulate high school, and you, and you had As to ask to get water back then. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? I, I totally you didn't I get remember water that. until the coach felt like you yeah. deserved it, like you on know? the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need some. Yeah. But um, you know, it's 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 just a different day and age, you know, and and it's important. Again, the more we know, the better we can handle these things because you are dealing with a lot of people who whose bodies are reacting differently to to this physical contact. Do you and, do you you didn't. You were after Ron Springs, right? Yeah, yeah. I but played he, with Sean Springs. Or Sean, Sean, not yeah. He doesn't he have a yeah, he football has, helmet? He has the helmet company. I believe he has. A, I need to research it more, but I believe he does I'm have a contract with the NFL um, to market his own brand of helmets. Yeah, and that's so that's something they're working on. But you know, it, it it's it's just funny because I've. I've <laughs> He was, but he was older than, he's a little older than you, right? Uh, he's two years older than Okay. Me. Yeah. Yeah, what is, I'm looking it up right now. It's funny, when Just, I think about the helmets, I, I heard a comedian say it one time, and they said, well, human beings, it's a wonder we've made it this far, because we're the only people who will ram our heads into each other and say that's bad, and then try to figure out a way to let us continue to ram our heads <laughs> against each other. <laughs> so we start making helmets. It's so true, though. <laughs> I'm trying to like find the name of this thing. It's made from. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's also they're doing military research with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They're doing quite a few things. He's he's having a lot of success with that. Yeah, no, that's pretty awesome actually. I can't find the name of it, but it it's made from like a car seat material or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I think that was the inspiration for it. I don't know. Ron Springs. There we go. That's all I'm going to say. Another Buckeye. <laughs> Buckeye Nation taking over the world. So, um, well, I, you know, like I think the one, the one component that I think is fun for, you know, Chris and I and me and, and whatever is, is, is kind of being along on the journey with, with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just like doing these different events and, and like seeing how you inspire people again. No, I mean, you know, I mean, I think it's true. It's, it's, um, again, just as like, you know, last night talking to Vandy and, mm-hmm. you know, and last year, like doing different stuff, uh, and just, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, it's, it's, you know, going back to what I said, like LeBron having that television show, like more than an athlete. And mm-hmm. I think Snoop Dogg actually has, I don't know if it's a podcast or if he has like maybe a YouTube channel show. It's the same kind of thing where it's athletes and they basically are just talking about, um, I think they're mostly current athletes, mm-hmm. but talking about just real life stuff, yeah. you know. And, you know, I talked to multiple friends that, you know, we work together and it's like everybody remembers you as, you know, a Buckeye football player. And it's like, yeah. and then I just go, man, but he makes these artworks that are just yeah, like yeah. they're mind blowing. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I think it like flips a switch with people that, again, I think we put athletes on pedestals mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like as heroes mm-hmm. or whatever. But to have people look at, athletes in different ways i think is a healthy inspiring thing yeah um yeah. and like when people see your work it's just kind of i mean you you wouldn't know how many people 
that I talk to that know the Obama piece that is in the collection in Richmond. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's just like, and I said, that's my buddy. And he used to play football. And like mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he started doing this and like, this is his passion yeah. and this is what, and it's to me, like it gives people almost the, uh, what's the best way to say it? Permission mm-hmm. to be an artist. If they're not an artist at, at the current moment yeah. to be creative. And I think that that's, that's a huge yeah, it's it's definitely um, something that I, that I'm proud of. You know, um, I, I had a buddy tell me a while ago. He said that he was at the barber shop. <clears throat> excuse me. He was at the barber shop getting his hair cut, and some guys were talking, and they were talking about Percy King, and they were talking about Percy King the artist. Yeah. And he said, not one time did they mention you as a football player. <laughs> and, I, and I said, well. Brother, that's how you know you've made it. <laughs> if you're the subject of a barbershop conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. and they and they are talking about you as an artist, you, you that's what you are now. But no, it, it's definitely important, you know, and it's and it's important for me to inspire and talk to children and even talk to the youth. No, I think even your own kids. Like I remember yeah. when you guys came down to Richmond. Oh yeah, I brought them and, with me. Yeah, and to how see it. like you know, for they were proud, mm-hmm. and I think that that's that's super cool. And again, like you know, when we do these events, and just to see you know, like little. I mean, I have that image. I think I sent you from the. No, you weren't there, but at the the thing we did with the flying squirrels, mm-hmm. and that little that little kid pointing up at your Mayweather piece, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, people stop. That's, that's a, that's a and, beautiful pick, and and it is, and it's like I think it becomes again, you know, it's it's. The ability to inspire people is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, like, you know, we talked in the past and I think that's something we, we try to do and it starts out with youth, but at the same time, it's, it's like adults too. It's mm-hmm. like, you can inspire an adult, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think about, you know, that, you know, when you're talking about the barbershop um, story, mm-hmm. it's, I was talking to Tony Mandrich uh, earlier this year and he said he met, Randy Johnson, who's a, you know, a pitching, an all-star, or I mean, a Hall of Fame pitcher. And he's a photographer now, or he's always been interested in photography. And so is Mandrich. And they met on a high school field um, randomly, Mm -hmm. like in a football, at a football game. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know each other, but they were introduced. And Tony said, all they talked about was photography. Nice. And that, that to me is, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, here's, here's like a Hall of Fame pitcher, like one of the greatest left-handed pitchers of all time. Here's a, like a former number one draft pick yeah. offensive lineman that mm-hmm. really redeemed himself at a, as a pro football player that's always been interested. And that's all I talked about was photography. We're going to have to inspect Randy's work because, you know, he's got a lot of money. So he's probably got the nice oh, camera oh, money can nice. buy. So I'm sure it's not that hard for him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. He probably has other people take the photos. For, yeah, no, it's true. But I think I think those kind of stories to me, you know, that had to that had to actually feel really good. Oh yeah, like you know, Percy King artist. Yeah, you know? it is. It is. You know, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, I've just kind of I've always been myself, and I've always kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't even say gone against the grain, but you know, it just you just it just kind of happens to be that way. But I've I've always been confident in what I do, and confident that, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say what I like or do what I want to do. 
Um, and I think that one of the advantages for me with having that type of personality is I never let sports kill my creativity. Right. You know, and, and that's what I think af- abstract athletes does is to, you know, get these kids to understand, wait, you know, you're no different than anyone else. You know, you're exceptional at what you do as an athlete, but you also have all other talents you can explore. Yep. You know, and, and the same drive that made you a great athlete can make you a yep. great artist, too. Yep. And, and not even that that's what they strive to be, but it, it just helps the, the therapeutic part of it in that creativity is also going to propel them as athletes. So yep. how much better would they be when not only because everybody's focused on, you know, the, the, the athletic part of it, but now they're focused on nutrition. Well, yep. what about the mental health now? Yep. This is so, how much better would you be had you had the mental health? You had the nutrition, you had the training, you, you know, you did everything else, but did you think about how you thought about the game or how you, what your thought process is? Do you even have the words to describe? And what if it actually helps you know, performance? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's which what I mean. is like, is, uh, I think there's actually gaining momentum in that idea, you know, yeah. that. You're going you're gonna to have to start uh, creating your own terminology for some of this stuff. I know, because kidding. some of these things, you know, again, they're, until you label them, yeah. nobody <laughs> nobody knows what you're talking about, you know. So you need to come up with your own terminology for this stuff. Because then once people recognize it, they can put a name to it. Yep. You know, so then they'll say, aha, that's, that's Ron We're Johnson. just going to start stamping that. people's foreheads with our logo. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So. So. Well. Let's wrap it up. I'm sure we're going to do this again in the future anyways. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably do it down in Florida. Like for a lot those, of editing. <laughs> nah, there ain't going to be no editing. Oh, we just, just go it straight. On Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. All no, right. I could, you know, put put some stuff in there. But, um, but no, I think, like, this to me is just like a beginning conversation mm-hmm. with you. Because, I mean, like, we, t- we talk a lot anyways. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, the further along we get and the more events we do and the more, you know, I think we help inspire um you know, kids and adults and, and everybody, mm-hmm. um, I think the better we are as a society, yeah. you know, not to like put it out in that manner, but I think it does. I think it changes society. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's all, it's all super exciting and stuff. So, yeah. um, but Percy, thank you. Uh, you're flying back to Charlotte, Charlotte tonight, uh, yeah. tonight and I got to stay here still <laughs> for a couple of days, but we'll get this up soon and, and we'll, we'll continue conversation. Hopefully maybe do another one, maybe down in Florida. Hey, just so. let me know. I'm all cool. I'm all, cool. Down. all right. Thanks all. We'll all talk right. soon. Bye. Take care. Thanks again to Percy King and for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We had a great time talking today about football, music, and art. Music today was provided by the Photosynthesizers. Uh, They just dropped a new record in September called Apology. You need to go check that out. Please stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. See you next week when we talk to artist and U.S. Army veteran Joe Olney. 
Thanks again, and don't forget to exercise the body and exercise the mind. See you next week. Spin the blood